No, we didn't. We did not start that fire, but gosh, we are going to be putting it out for sure. So today we're going to talk about two things. I am going to share with you one of my most um, delightful, I would say, um, enjoyances, which is uh, biomolecular programming. Uh, this is something that I, I, I like to delve into, and um, I think you guys are going to find it interesting. We did speak about this in March. Um, where I introduced you to CRISPR, and I explained to you how, uh, you know, you're just software. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. Now, before we do that, you know, I've, I've always said there was no time for division, and that usually people will show themselves for who they are. But I think it's time you guys know who you're really up against and how this happened. Now, I'm not going to delve into too much detail, but enough detail that's going to make a lot of you sick. You know, when you realize that Alex Jones and Infowars are associated with people and companies and maybe partaking that uh, were actually paid to intimidate victims of, a, of Jeffrey Epstein. Not only that, you're also going to see how operations occur and how um, you prime and ready the ground in order to push the narrative you want and how you're going to do it. So this is pure evil. We're talking disgusting, sick, twisted things that don't represent you, definitely do not represent America. We're talking bloodbaths. We're talking, you know, orgies. We're talking lots of drugs. We're talking lots of money. And then they sit there and they pander to you to support their lifestyle and their habits. Now, I think it's time that we do this because impeachment is, is going to be here. To be honest, whoa, I just thought about it. The impeachment hearing is starting at 1. We definitely want to stream that. Um, so maybe we'll put off the quantum uh, molecular. I don't know. We'll see. We'll wing it, okay? But to start, I just want you guys to understand how infiltration works. Now, I've been talking about this for a very, very long time, tweeting about it, talking about it, on how when you want to take your enemy out, you usually do it from within. So I'm going to take you back in time to round in about 2016, 2015, 2016, when our amazing president came out and spoke our language, spoke to our hearts spoke to us and said all the things we wanted to say, but we were never empowered to utter out loud, right? 
didn't utter them out loud. And, and that's because we've been primed and, and trained to pretty much keep our mouths shut uh, when we don't like something, when we can't do anything. But every single concern you have in life should drive you into action. No matter how immense the task seems, no matter how large Goliath may look, it should drive you into action, not into depression. Because no man is truly free if he cannot, what? Control himself on how he feels when up against adversity. Because as you're postponing the solution, postponing speaking up about it, postponing addressing it, life tends to speed on by. And you know, as you suffer in anything in life, right, as we go through trials and tribulations and are frustrated at things that come at us, it's actually this, there's this beauty that comes out of it. That anyone who actually can embrace all of the world's hardships and calamities with a smile on their face and take it by the hair, <laughs> pull it, grab it, grab hold of it and say, that's fine. That is how you achieve your goals. You eat it for lunch. Now, I say this because, as I said a couple months ago and right after the elections, what's to come is completely unprecedented. People are starting to wake up to a few things. I've, 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 I've made it clear who I am. I have not hidden it. I have not to come out straight out and said it, obviously, except for my name. But I've been very straightforward in what and how. But I have been telling you who I am, have they? I have been warning of many people who have just popped up onto the scene, telling all of you the right things and tweeting all these O's and ahs and oohs, right? They're in your media, mainstream media too, some of them. Others are your alt media, your writers. Other than our public figures and other were legends, were, keyword, were, legends. See, the way they come in is by speaking the words you love. I mean, the devil isn't going to come to you speaking nasty. He's going to come to you saying all the pretty things you want to hear. All the things that will resonate and tug at that string in your heart, in your soul, and make you feel like, whoa, that's it. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, you're, you're just saying that Ali has changed. He's not. No, he's not. He is disgusting. Did you know that he is such a pervert that he actually sexually ex exploited a young boy? No, you don't know that, right? Let me show you this. Let me show you this because you need to see it yourself. This is the type of person that's pandering to you for, I feel so bad. Yeah, I agree, I agree, I agree, I agree, I agree. Here's the worst part of this whole situation, is it sounds cringy. I would rather be like, I'd love to slap you on a table and oil you up. I would rather that have been the conversation, the cringy, awkward, uh, uh, you know, 
offices of Fortune and Ton, you know, like that's that's silly. That's that's kind of funny. But so like, you know, I'm not it is fun to mock you. Um all right, so I'm going to stop that. Now I'm going to just show you, you know, him and his um, most recent boyfriend. Um, you know, the one that actually helped fund certain things. Actually, he was funding, um, what was it? Uh, culture. <laughs> he was funding that. And then he tried, you know, he got into the pl plot uh, against the president or whatever, jumped in on that. This is Daniel Bostic, right? His boyfriend. I just want you to look at the looks that they exchanged live on air. Uh, Jack said nothing. So this isn't a publicity stunt on his end or mine. This is honestly seeing the future where, you know, people may have done wrong, done wrong. wrong but we got to um, we got to move forward together. So anyway, that is what it is. Next caller, 202-808-0226. You know, if we get no callers, I'm blaming Daniel. This was his idea. Oh, that's entirely my fault. I'm I'm intimidating. People are terrified of me. <laughs> so I had like the brand idea. Wait, let me show you a more fun video. Better audio too. Just so that you can see these people in action. How much fun they seem to, you know, they imitate each other too. They do. Here you go. Um, this is Daniel, and he's about to imitate Ali. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Come on, Daniel. I don't want to die. Daniel's about to imitate Ali no, and one of his periscopes. I can't. I can't. Ali is an infinitely talented, possibly uh, divine individual. Talented and Who divine. Was sent to us from another dimension to enlighten us as to the inner workings of the universe. It's true. Nice. And anyone who denies it. What in the? Did you hear what he said? Is an anti Semite and a Holocaust denier. That's true. I agree. And one other fellow Jew agrees with me, so we clearly speak for everyone. So what does Ali say? Where is this going to go? This is going to go in my YouTube video. No, it's not. It's such, it's, come on. I can't. They love you. Look, there's Reagan. Reagan agrees. Right? Right, man? Who's Reagan? He said yes. President. The President Reagan? We, you know, President Reagan. He's a conservative that doesn't know who President Reagan is. These, these are the people that you follow. Look, this is my first time shooting. First time shooting. I'm, I also, that kind of scares me. I know, right? And yeah, it's a little bit scary. And you know, but these is, these Israelis, they're just like, you're not Israeli. They're very good. They're very good with weapons. So I just wanted to show you what his friends say. They say that he's come from another dimension to save them, right? Uh, speaking of other dimensions, let me show you something. It's actually about genetic disorders, but I just wanted to show you what happens when certain inbreeding happens. Uh, what happens with inbreeding? It's very important that you watch this. I mean, this is an educational show, right? So let's do this. 
Now we turn to Habsburg inbreeding, a house with a very shallow gene pool. We should mention again that inbreeding between European nobility was very common, but not all offspring ended up badly made. This wasn't the case for Charles II, whose father and mother were uncle and niece. This had a nasty effect on his appearance, and he was nicknamed the Bewitched. One historian writes that not-so-bonny King Charlie was short, lame, epileptic, senile, and completely bald before 35, always on the verge of death, but repeatedly baffling Christendom by continuing to live. It took him until four years old to talk, and didn't walk until he was eight. He could barely speak because he had something called the Habsburg lip. This meant the lower jaw stretched out way farther than the upper part, making him look quite horrendous. He also had a very large tongue, which didn't help matters at all when it came to speaking. It's blamed on royal intermarriage, and historians tell us that the Habsburgs were the inbreeding champions of Europe. He died at just age 39 after being sick since birth. One writer said, We are dealing with a man who died of poison 200 years before he was born. He was referring to two centuries of inbreeding. The physician that did the autopsy wrote that Charles did not contain a single drop of blood. His heart was the size of a peppercorn, his lungs corroded, his intestines rotten and gangrenous. He had a single testicle, black as coal, and his head was full of water. Did inbreeding kill the Habsburgs off? That's what a lot of people say. Papers have been written about this. One such paper says, This data suggests that inbreeding depression for infant and child survival could be occurring in the Spanish Habsburg families as a consequence of prolonged consanguineous marriages. King Chulalongkorn's Big Family the great king of Thailand, born in 1853, was responsible for modernizing the country and so is very much revered. He abolished slavery, reformed government, built modern hospitals, and introduced a modern system of law. He also had four wives, all half-sisters. This was a busy man, as he also had 32 consorts and it's thought 116 concubines. The numbers differ from source to source, but who's counting? In total, he had 33 sons and 44 daughters. Many of those kids lived long lives, but many others were sickly and lived very short lives. Princess Nehienaena's short-lived child. It's said in Hawaii, incest was a privilege, and this princess married her brother, Prince Kauikeuli. The Christian missionaries took a dim view of this. They had a child, and it died shortly after being brought into the world. The princess never recovered, and she died not long after that. Tsarevich Alexei Nikolaevich Little Alexei was heir to the throne of the Russian Empire, but his life was not a long one. The youngest of five children, he was born with hemophilia when blood doesn't clot. Now it's thought that the reason for this disease was because the young boy was a descendant of Queen Victoria. In fact, lots of people related to the 19th century British queen bled out. It was even called the royal disease. It spread, of course, because all these royals were inbreeding. And as we said at the start, that doesn't go down well as recessive genes with recessive genes means faulty kids. Queen Victoria's son, Prince Leopold, died at 31 of a brain hemorrhage. Her grandson, Prince Frederick of Hessen by Rhine, met a similar fate. Her great-grandson, Prince Waldemar of Prussia, bled to death, as did Lord Leopold Mountblatton, grandson of the great queen. Great-grandson Prince Heinrich of Prussia went the same way, as did two of her descendants, Infante Alfonso and Infante Gonzalo of Spain. Why, oh why did these people not venture a bit farther when looking for a suitable mate? Queen Maria I 
another mad royal, Maria I of Portugal, was said to go into fits of hysteria quite often. During her rule from 1777 to 1816, two of her kids died of smallpox, which didn't help her condition. She would stay alone howling and crying, and it's said that many people in this family suffered from mental diseases. The blame is said to be all the inbreeding that went on. Both her grandfathers suffered from mental problems too. Maria ended up marrying her uncle, and one of her sons married his aunt. Enough said. Elizabeth of Austria This is another member of the family-loving Habsburgs. Elizabeth, aka Cece, married at just 16 years old. The groom was her cousin, but as you know, for a Habsburg, so, this was the norm. The so for Habsburgs, it's normal for them to inbreed. Um, you should take a look at this a little Unknown bit. Unknown to anyone, Hold the on. seeds of mental illness had been transmitted to all six of her children, the inheritors of the Habsburg dynasty. At the same time, a physical genetic defect was emerging in the ever-expanding family, the Habsburg chin. Maximilian and many of his relatives had very pronounced lower jaws and lips. Charles I, his all-powerful grandson, had a chin which protruded so far his lower teeth could not meet his uppers. Madness and the Habsburg chin were now carried by marriage to every branch of the Habsburg dynasty and into the royal families of Europe. The genetic nightmare had begun. As Habsburg married Habsburg, inbreeding produced generation after generation of freakish mutants, many suffering from insanity. Spanish King Philip II, a depressive suffering from gout, asthma and epilepsy, decorated his bedroom with Hieronymus Bosch's nightmare paintings of hellfire and damnation. Austrian Rudolf II went insane and was forced from the crown by his brother Matthias. In Spain, the family line degenerated into the freak King Carlos. Seven of his eight great-grandparents were Habsburgs, and his mother was also his first cousin. As a child, Carlos couldn't even stand unaided, and his jaw was so deformed he couldn't chew his food. Plagued by fainting spells and constant fevers, he was also impotent. One thing they also had was that they liked the same sex, just so you know. And I'm not saying that inbreeding causes you know to you, you to be gay, but it's just a common thing. So I did a little bit of homework on that. But I wanted to show you guys um, uh, this from 2013. I'm going to take you to 2013 now, just so that you know who this Ali Akbar is. Um, here we go. 501c3. Did you just literally answer my question? I just you asked know? you if you have a 501c3. Are you an anal rapist? No. Are you, I, no. I do not have a 501c3 that's why determined did, by the why, IRS. Why did you claim you have a 501c3? Time out. If, you do. All right. Well, I got to put them in the timeout corner again, folks. I do not have a 501c3 that's why determined did, by the why, IRS. I do not have a 501c3 that's why determined did, by the why, IRS. I do not have a 501c3 that's why determined did, by the why, IRS. Why did you claim you have a 501c3? Time out. 
So that, uh, you know, is from when he lied. And that was during the sex scandal with Karl Rove, which happened, you know, he's linked to this pedophile, John Weaver, who's also Lincoln Project, who Ali Akbar is also Lincoln Project. But I also want to take your attention to things that he did. Did you know that it was conservatives that were paid by Ghislaine Maxwell to harass victims of, Ep of Jeffrey Epstein's? Did you guys know that? No? Did you know that? So Ghislaine Maxwell paid 25000 to Jacob Wall to smear Epstein victims and get a prosecutor for uh, Jeffrey Berman fired in an attempt to stall her sex trafficking investigation. Did you know that at that time when that happened, right, um, Ali Akbar was working with him? Oh, and did you also know that Alex Jones works with these people too? I want you guys to be paying attention very, very carefully. Now, this is over time. This isn't something new. This has been happening for years. They've been infiltrating Cassandra Fairbanks, Code Pink. Hello. Why would you think that she's conservative? You saw the way she jumped on the South American train going lefty. They were bringing in Chelsea Manning going lefty. You're not paying attention. You're not paying attention. You need to look. You need to look. You need to look further down at what's going on and who these people really are and who they really work for. Look at the people that they embraced, right? We're talking citizen journalists. We're talking young people, right? Have you ever heard of surefire intelligence? You need to look into that one. See, the FBI has all of this. And the question you should be asking yourself is why isn't Ali Akbar in jail when he orchestrated all of this? How they infiltrated the Proud Boy. They infiltrated the Proud Boy. Gavin McGinnis isn't that extremist. Gavin McGinnis is not. He's a guy that believes in American values. But those that were around him, that infiltrated him, took control of the narrative. Enrique Tario says, Cassandra Bang, how stupid are you? You really think like Enrique's a fat or something? <laughs> I guess, you know, what? Well, how'd you know that we, we didn't even mention Enrique Tario? Why'd you bring that name up? Kind of sounds like you know what you're talking about, Cassandra. Maybe this is why they enthralled little Matt Couch into the lawsuits. You know, take him in. You know, he's a, he's a single, you know, American citizen. Let's crush him so that way nobody else speaks because we're in charge. You see how that works? Alex Jones sitting there telling you, oh, look at this. They had a shadow plan. You mean the shadow plan that Shadow Gate was talking about that you told everyone not to look at? These people were paid, right? to smear victims of Epstein's. And Alex Jones, who's supposedly a father, had no problem ridiculing and harassing children that were victims of crimes against them on his own platform. And Ali Akbar did that. Ali Akbar stepped in with all that money. Money, 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 money. This is where you see, and a lot of people are like, well, you know, Alex Jones has been around a while. He's not around if you're not there to fund him. You cut the evil out. 
Ali Akbar isn't around if you're not there to fund him. Cut the evil out. He's sitting there telling you, but I've got him doused in orgies even while he was preaching God in his little orange thing. Like the craziest thing is watching uh, on Alex Jones, they're talking and they're wearing, Enrique Tario is wearing orange with orange square, the color revolution like Soros does always. Telling people, oh yeah, you know, I was actually arrested because I had like magazines, you know, like, you know, where you put like rounds in them that said Proud Boys on it. That's why I was arrested. You know that's at a minimum misdemeanor coming in with that in D.C. at the airport. And why would it say Proud Boys? Were you going to give it to someone so that they can nail it on the Proud Boys? Because the legit Proud Boys were actually pro-America? The ones that you infiltrated? See, the infiltration is so bad, you can't even see it. You can't even see your enemy anymore. You can't even see it. Even the events that are going in front of you, you cannot recognize them. You cannot see it because you have a habit of only seeing what your senses permit. You're totally blind to everything else because you pay attention to what you're being bombarded with. Conditioning <laughs> for anyone to cut any slack or say, oh, well, they said... Christina, first of, first of all, I don't know Katrina Pearson personally. I met her in November during the uh, March for Trump event in November, okay? Or was it the beginning of December? I think it was the beginning of December, right? I think, yeah, right? I think it was the beginning of December. She took a whiff of Ali Akbar. People within the Women for America First were freaking the hell out they were like what is going on i reached out to them i was like yo he's hijacked your stop the steal movement turns out jack basobiec cernovich ali akbar all of them were pushing a stop the steal something years and years ago which is so bizarre it's not it's because this is all planned and so they sniffed them out but the actual traitor within the women for america first right was someone else Someone in that coalition that got the same money Ali Akbar did. You know, Alex Jones forgets that he got stiffed a couple tens of thousands of dollars during that speech thing, right? That they stole. They took over the permits when it should have been for Women for America First. The ladies got screwed over. They were so busy going around the nation, rallying people up, telling them about fraud, telling them about this, that their own people flipped on them within there and that one person i outed i outed that one person had access to the closest people and when i was in that room with the closest people tackling the issues of our nation to the highest level turn around and said get rid of this person right now this person is this, 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 this. And it was done because I had it all. I've been having it all. The thing is, in a time of turmoil, right? And because humans have a capacity of not seeing what is apparent to their eyes, 
but what is apparent to the reality that they construct for you. Kind of like what the Times article said, right? The Times Magazine article where you have a construct reality. You cannot see things that your eyes aren't tuned in to see. I couldn't. They planned it perfectly. Because then it would just be like, you're just salty. I'm not salty. Using what against me? The fact that I was attacked? Dude, I wear that attorney general lawsuit like a freaking juggernaut badge. This guy came after me, sued me while he was going after me, and then demanded I pay him for spending his money to go after me when there was no victim and no loss. I'm at the Supreme Court this week with that. And the truth will come through, regardless if they want to or not. He can file as many attempts to dismiss on, you know, what is it called? Procedural things. But he's going to exhaust that at some point. It's going to show that he weaponized his office to silence someone that was pointing out that at the highest level of government in the state of North Dakota, they were trafficking women from Native American reservations. Period. It was highly organized, up to the State Department, with our money funding it. And they killed my only witness. A cop shot him, point blank, in the back of the head, point blank, touched his head, the back of his head. It touched it. He executed that boy. He executed that boy that was a victim of their cycles. He executed that boy in 2018. Executed him. Because that boy was so ruined. Not only from being passed around from chief of police to fire to the AGs to this. But then when he aged out, he was the one trafficking the children. The FBI still has that case open on his murder. Because quickly, the state wanted to say, oh, the cop didn't do anything. The cop didn't do anything. Put down a young boy that was drunk on his back and shot him in the back of the head. Didn't do anything. How does that sound even okay? There's video that shows it. Straight up gangster stuff right there, right, guys? So no one can tell me who I am. I know exactly who I am. And the fact that I had a whole state run up behind me and that a judge signed whatever order the attorney general wrote and didn't even see that he violated every constitutional right that I had tells you everything you need to know. When I say that you are not in a free nation, I mean it. When I say you need to be looking past things, I mean it. Do you know how much I was ridiculed when I said, you know, that they could just look at your bank account and they don't even have to ask you. They don't even have to have a crime or a complaint. They just ask and they give it. Now you see it. And it's not just your banks. It's everything. What did Twitter do? When it kicked you out of there, you want me to tell you what they did? They downloaded all your data and gave it to the FBI because you were in the vicinity of Washington or because you might have been and you were probably using a VPN. So everyone that was purged, their data was violated by Twitter. Bet me. Because that's going to come out. You have to think what happened with your data. Everything that I've said has occurred as it has come. And now I'm telling you, use your discernment. Choke them out. Don't let them use your love of country, your love of freedom, your love of your constitution, the foundations of your na nation, and the future that you want for your children and your love of God and peace and unity. Don't let them abuse that 
to continue the, their evil deeds. Because you have to remember, if President Trump is in office, there's nothing they need to fight. If they all get arrested, there's nothing that needs to be fighting, right? Therefore, they lose money. They're broke. It's another military-industrial complex. You need war to make money. Well, war is guns, planes, and ships. Well, no. It's media, social media, media, social media, media, social media. That's the new war. It's information warfare at its finest. At its finest. It's disgusting that they would do this. Look, even the left once reported something true. Did you know that the right actually did this? It's the people, you know, that, you know, it's Ali Akbar and his buddy Jacob Wall that did this. I'm sure the president will dig his teeth into this. The office of the FBI special counsel, the folks looking into collusion palooza, have reportedly asked the bureau to investigate whether or not women are being offered money to falsely accuse Robert Mueller of sexual assault. Several journalists say they were approached by a woman who said she was offered $20,000 to make false assault and harassment claims against special counsel Mueller in order to discredit him, which is very clever. You witch hunt the witch hunter. That way, people won't know which witch hunter to hunt. <laughs> the woman says that the offer came from a conservative lobbyist named Jack Berkman. Jack Berkman claims he will reveal a Mueller sexual assault victim on Thursday at the Holiday Inn in Rosslyn, Virginia. And if you're making an announcement at the Holiday Inn in Rosslyn, you know you're onto something big. The other character in this story is a disgraced hedge fund manager, a Trump supporter named Jacob Wohl. Now, he denies involvement in this at all, but the company that is reportedly linked to the allegations, a company named Surefire Intelligence, has his mom's phone number listed on their website. <laughs> I like a scandal that involves a Verizon family plan, you know? <laughs> so Jacob might be in trouble with the FBI and grounded by his mother, too. I feel like we've reached the point at which we need to control, all delete the whole country and just start over again. Hi, I'm Jimmy Kimmel. And wow. The one time Jimmy Kimmel tells you the real news and you weren't listening because it was Jimmy Kimmel. This is why it's important sometimes, like I say, to watch what the left is saying. The left sometimes speaks truth and truth that so you will not hear unless you're paying attention. And we don't pay attention. Because instead, we just follow them blindly and listen to them blindly because they tell you nice, be beautiful things that, 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 that interest you, right? Surefire intelligence. Why don't you go look it up? Why don't you look how it's associated with all these people? See, this isn't something that just happened overnight. This has been happening. Been happening. Here's another thing. Did you know that Ali Akbar was paid a pretty penny to uncover that Kamala Harris wasn't eligible, blah, 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 blah. Let me explain to you how this works. Because I actually was part of a project that did the same thing in another country in order to thump up someone that our White House at that time wanted to win. What do you do? First, 
You get all the dirt you can in the most disgusting way, right? You get the sleaziest investigator and you throw the money and then you give them money and you say, find out everything you can. And if you can't find it, manufacture it to look like it's right, even if it's wrong. That's all, right? That's all. So you give them all this money and they pull up all this dirt. They unearth everything. They go through everything. That way, when they posture this person, I don't know, for vice president, first of all, it's already been out. The media has had at least a year to debunk it. And they've made it look like a crazy person put it together. See, we've done this before. A lot. You see how that worked? You see how Kamala got in? Rather than talking the facts about Justice Smollett, rather than talking about the facts of how she was involved in that with Avenatti, with all these people, instead they focused on, oh, she's not black. We already know that. She's Indian. We know that. But you know what? What they did was they hired him to expose her. <laughs> now they hired him to find every single shred of dirt that may be true and maybe not. So that way they can debunk it with his stupid Hasberg's face on it. That's what they did. You understand? And don't look at him crying. His mom is a lawyer. She sits as his lawyer on every single fake company he puts together. So he doesn't have to cry. He just has to say mommy. Okay? Mommy Akbar. Or shall I say do's now? Funny. Isn't there a Rob do? And not saying that they're related, but it's so weird, right? But anyway, so that's his mom. She takes care of everything for her little boy. She's on everything. So you need to be paying very close attention to the details, the details of how strategies happen. Because if I want someone elected and I know that they're not honorable and I know that I'm putting them in there to do my bidding, well, here's the thing. All I have to do is pay an idiot like Ali Akbar to dig up everything and then Prove that, oh, look, I did this. So then the question lies is, who was it in the White House that was close to the president that was linked to Ali Akbar telling the president things from Ali Akbar? There you go. That's where you find your linchpin in the White House and the campaign. That's all you have to look at. Look at the campaign and the staffers within the White House who were going to the president. I'm sure the president knows now. And I'm sure the people that stand by the president know now too. Why would you put a twisted pervert that from a long time ago has a history with a sheriff in Texas that was involved with trafficking little boys, hanging out with perverts like John Weaver, Charles Black, McCain loved to tap that. I'll tell you that. Why would you have perverts, sick, twisted individuals like that around your president? I'm not saying that if your friend's a sick, twisted individual or your relative's a sick, twisted individual or your co-worker's a sick individual that you should be marred. But when you are indeed the sick, twisted individual, I'm sorry, you can't fix that especially when people that surround you, like your stupid security, who are they? Where are they? They can speak. They should speak. 
They should say everything. How about the drug parties that InfoWars has down in D.C. when they go, I got pictures. You want me to drop pictures? No, I won't because I don't get pleasure from that. But if I have to, well, then so be it. The thing is, we have to be very careful. The people that we promote is our representation and is our voice. People that believe in the things that represent America. People that don't have one face for the public and another face when they're doing their orgies, drugs, blood baths, whatever else you call it. They tried so hard to wrap Laura Loomer, who was so young, so, so budding. With so, she's an amazing woman, a force to be reckoned with. And they sank her, their claws into her so hard. I mean, you remember that Ali Akbar prides himself that I wore a bulletproof vest. I was the first one that made that fashion going to Minnesota to go after Ilhan Omar. He didn't go after Ilhan Omar. He just hijacked Laura's investigation. With who? Jacob Wall, the creep that got money from Ghislaine Maxwell to smear victims of Epstein, along with Ali Akbar and, you know, the rest of the twinks for Trump. Have you ever seen pictures of twinks for Trump? <laughs> it's time to spill the tea, as they say these days, right? We should have a tea page where we, oh, you know what? That's what I need. A tea page. Oh, dear. I wonder what patriot would like to have a tea page. We should have our own inquire outing these. No, we shouldn't. You know why? Because when I get upset and I expose these things, it kills my energy. But when I see so many people biting of that apple, oh, we know I have pictures I'm going to show. You can't show shit because you were involved. You helped penetrate that movement. You were moving money. Alex Jones lost money, but apparently he's not thinking about it. Do you know why he had him on talking about this? Because you know who else is going to go down? Alex Jones is going to go down. The only reason they rolled up next to Stone was so that they can attach themselves to Stone to take him down because he's in proximity with the president. They're smart. They're smart. Look at all these influencers. They're going to be absolutely zero to you. All of the blue check marks with their O's and their A's and their big. Didn't I tell you? I think it was over two years ago. Don't worry about Twitter. It's going to be dead at some point. When I've exhausted all my accounts, I have one more somewhere. It's going to go into subscription mode. Who's going to pay to be silenced on a platform and not be able to say what they want? Now, I'm not going to give you my money so you can tell me to just shut up. I'm not giving you, I'm not going to give you my money so that you can make me feel special. I feel special when I hang out with my friends. I feel special when I talk to them and I don't get charged to. Being in the public square is not something you should be charged to. Oh, but if we charge people, it's going to be exclusive. Exclusive for who? Idiots? <laughs> exclusive for who? CNN's going to be reporting to itself? <laughs> no one's going to listen. No one's paying attention. Everyone's on Gab. And I said back in 2017, Gab is going to be the place to be. We're going to be gabbing all along. I opened up my account quickly with Gab to secure my name, and I waited for it. Because freedom, as we've said many, many times in freedom of speech, is dirty, it's messy, it's disgusting. But it's necessary in order to have the good one, too. So, again, the point of today is to show you exactly 
how you were violated. They came in creeping. They came in telling you all this. And a lot of them are peddling fear porn. You're going to get this. Oh, you're going to get that. Oh, look at me. Poor me. I'm so... Nope. Your mom's saving your butt. Stop, mama's boy. Inbred mama's boy. Stop. Don't want to hear it. You're going to sit there and cry to the people when you took children out for a walk and pushed them over to feel suicidal. No, 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 no. You don't get a free pass, boy. You do not get a free pass. Nobody forgets that. But people are saying things that aren't true. Prove they're not true. Prove they're not true. Why? Because you sat at the hay, I think. Where was he? I don't even remember. Saying, look at all of this. You were just down there. What I want to know is who in the White House and who in the campaign was communicating with this Lincoln Project tool? Who organized this so well? Who's throwing everybody under the bus? But you know, if I can see, they can see. But their perspective is, is skewed. See, the shadow net has to have someone input things. And it'll compile your response to things as it comes, right? They know what your triggers are. They know what upsets you. They know everything about you. But the initial input and the information that they input is by a user. And the user is always biased. Always biased. See, many persons have, you know, in their time observed events, right, that occurred before they occurred. It's like they saw it in another dimension, maybe when they sleep, right? So if a person can observe an event, and I know all of you have, right, before it occurs, outside of what you consider space, time, and life on Earth, according to whatever plan it is, if you can see it yourself, without being a so-called computer, as they say, then this plan, because you saw it, must exist in another reality, somewhere else, maybe another dimension. Or that um, maybe time in this other dimension will be slower moving or faster moving, right? That's how the computer thinks. It slows down time to see how things will evolve. I want you to think of it like a like a tree, a thought tree. Ever done a thought tree where you're like, here's the first step, A, and then you branch it out, B and C, and then you branch B and C out to A, B, and then A goes B, C, right? Tree, 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 right? If all these events in our world are observed to be perfectly logical, and you can see it, and therefore it exists in another time or space or dimension, right? If you can see it before. I had a dream that this happened. Boy, it happened. Oh my gosh, deja vu. Oh my gosh. I totally knew that was going to happen. It's like I saw it. Like I was sitting in my car. Totally. How many of you have had that? I'm sure all of you have had it, right? So imagine a computer that is actually powered to think like you. Mm-hmm. That's what's up. So um, I guess, you know, we're going to skip the impeachment thing because I want to summarize it tomorrow because I think it's really important. I take you down uh, 
you know, what software you are. I want you to know that I, I'm going to share this again. I know I've shared this many times. But was, when I was in school at the College of Medicine, I would shadow. And the first time I sat into a surgery, it was a, a abdominal surgery. And I was an adult student. I think there was one more adult student, right? And, and he was also on the PhD track, the graduate track. And I remember the surgeon saying, hey, come here, um, jump in. So I'm like, whoa, I'm scrubbing in, totally cool. And I was supposed to put in <laughs> retractors in the abdomen. And guys, I, I stuck my finger in this person's guts. Like I put my index finger in this person's intestines, just the tip of it, right? And it just sat there for a second. Sounds so weird, right? What? You're sitting over a person that's like wide open and your first thought is to put your finger in his guts. I'll tell you what, it was one of the most amazing experiences I had because as a, as, as a person that can see things on a molecular level, right? The fact that his bowels, the, 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 the muscles, all of these things, I could see them on a cellular level. It was incredible to watch the architecture of life, you know, on a multi-scale. Because when you look at one cell or one atom, it's on one singular thing. But I sat there and I could feel the warmth, the temperature, the, the pulse the movement. It was so bizarre. I've, I've had my finger in someone's gut. I know it sounds insane, but it was one of the most um, incredible feelings. And the surgeon just looked at me, he's like, um, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh yeah, um, yeah, that's, I'm supposed to like, put that there. And Okay. I just, it was instantaneous. Don't get me wrong. I didn't sit there for like five minutes. But for me, it was one of the most humbling things. It's like watching the most beautiful code written on a computer alive in front of you, right? It was so incredible to watch and so humbling. Though I had had that humbling moment before. And that was when I was able to visit Craig Ventner's laboratory and understand everything he had to say. And I'm gonna share this with you because it's very important. Uh, it's a very hot topic now. Um, and this is why I wanted us to discuss this, using discernment. <laughs> and you're gonna say, well, that's shifting some crazy gears. You just dropped bombshells of how these people are working against us, how they've infiltrated us, how we should use discernment. Now you're shifting gears to synthetic biology and realizing that we're just software. And it's like, exactly. See, it's a construct again. You believe everything you are told. You believe that you're tangible because you're touching yourself. But I'm telling you, from the eyes of someone that looks at molecular, everything on a molecular scale, you're nothing but a bunch of atoms resonating at the same frequency. And you emerge and you provide a solid depiction. You're just resonating on frequencies. It's an illusion. Just like the perception of what you have of people is an illusion, 
Your own perception is an illusion. And why is it important to understand the two? One, you're being duped. And guess what? With the other one, you're being duped. We're being told that medicines are supposed to be assisting us in rectifying how we are, right? That they can heal us, regrow parts of us, right? That medicines will make you better, the vaccines will fix you, that CRISPR will edit out the code in your DNA that you don't need so they can insert what they believe is correct. Politics, who leads you? You don't need anything but to listen to us. We will heal you. We will tell you what you need to know. We will cut out everything that you don't need and insert what we believe you need. It's everywhere. The illusion is everywhere. Okay. I want you to understand that there's an illusion everywhere you go. And what you need to do is step back and cut through the fluff. So the first cut through the fluff was the fluffy twinks that are twisted and saying, I mean, why are all these people pedophiles? What happened to the Republican party? Why do we have all these pedophiles and all these disgusting orgies happening in the Republican Party? They remind me of those people that sit with smoking jackets and that freaking silk tie that cross their legs with pipes and pretend their shit doesn't stink. What is wrong with the GOP? Think about it. Why are all of them twisted? Why are they all just insanely, disgustingly crazy? Okay, enough on that rant. And, and I say this because you need, you need to remember that because now we're going through impeachment. And we have to discern fact from fiction. We have to see who orchestrated this, okay? So discernment, discernment, discernment. Again, using discernment. So we're going to swing over to what I want to talk about. That's my happy place. Um, but I needed to address that because it is extremely disheartening to see people in such a toxic place of so much misinformation so much destruction, so much sadness. There is nothing they can say that can convince you otherwise. Alex Jones on his platform paid Caitlin Bennett to smear a minor victim and they put it on library, which means it will never die. That means that minor child victim will be attacked and ridiculed all their life for being a victim. That's disgusting. On that note only, it should be enough. Ali Akbar, he's a pervert. And they together worked to destroy what you worked so hard to have, and that's your voice. They dismantled it. Remember that. They dismantled your voice. They don't, this, we shouldn't even be talking about them because that's giving them too much credit. They should be dead to us, completely dead to us. They are nobody. They suffocated our voice, they stole our voice. Not only was it stolen at the ballot box, which, by the way, I have news on that front, by the way. I will tell you about that. But not only was it stolen at the, battle, at, the, at the ballot box, but right now, those are the faces, the twisted, you know what? There's pictures of freaking Alex Jones, you know, swinging around with little, you know what? Just leave it right there. The bottom line is they do not represent us. They do not represent us. And you should be angry that the rest of the world puts these twisted, disgusting people as the people that represent you. The only person that represents you is you. The only person that speaks for you is you.
The mainstream media painting these disgusting clowns as your representatives? Disgusting. They do not represent you. They do not represent your voice. Do not allow anyone to say that they do. Do not allow anyone to say that they do. Ever. That's the key. Now, a lot of people have been misguided, but it's important that you learn, you know, your own way. So, okay. In order for us to shift gears, let's play a song. I need some coffee. Um, Cause I got riled up with that. I get so upset because I actually cried so hard for all of you because to think that all these people that have fought for this nation these past five years, all these people that are seeking freedom and unity and love are being represented by twisted, evil people. All they do with your money is pop Coke. Ask them about their big trucks that they have. The Senate will be in order. Ooh, that's the Chaplain Senate. Damn, it's starting. No, don't do this to me. I don't want to watch it now but I kind of do. Do you guys want to watch it too? Let us pray. <sighs> Eternal God. No. Author of liberty. No. Take control of this impeachment trial. Lord, permit the words of the New England poet, James Russell Lowell, to provide our Senate jurors with just one perspective. Lowell wrote, once to every man and nation comes the moment to decide. In the strife of truth with falsehood for the good or evil side. Mighty God, could it really be that simple? Could it really be just truth striving against falsehood and good striving against evil? Powerful Redeemer, have mercy on our beloved land. We pray in your magnificent name. Amen. Please join me in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the Republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, liberty and justice for Morning business is closed, and the Senate will convene as a court of impeachment. I ask senators to be seated. There's no objection. The journal of proceedings of the trial are approved to date. And ask the Sergeant at Arms to make the proclamation. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. All persons are commanded to keep silence on pain of imprisonment while the Senate of the United States is sitting for the trial of the article of impeachment exhibited by the House of Representatives against Donald John Trump, former president of the United States. I note the presence in the Senate chamber of the managers on the part of the House representatives. 
and counsel for the former president of the United States. Mr. President. Majority leaders recognize. Mr. President, in a moment, I will call up a resolution to govern the structure, the second impeachment trial of, president, of Donald, John, Don, Donald John Trump. It's been agreed to by the House managers, the former president's counsel, and is co-sponsored by the Republican leader. He's still by president. Order. It's our solemn constitutional duty to conduct a fair and honest impeachment trial of the charges against former President Trump, the gravest charges ever brought against a president of the United States in American history. This resolution provides for a fair trial, and I urge the Senate to adopt it. Mr. President, I send a resolution to the desk on my behalf and that of the Republican leader for the organizing of the next phases of this trial. Hardcore report. Senate Resolution 47, to provide for related procedures concerning the article of impeachment against Donald John Trump, former president of the United States. The question occurs on the adoption of the resolution. I ask for the yeas and nays. Is there a sufficient second? There appears to be there is a sufficient second. The clerk will call the roll. Ms. Baldwin. Ms. Baldwin, aye. Mr. Barrasso. Mr. Barrasso, aye. Mr. Bennett. Mr. Bennett, aye. Mrs. Blackburn. Mrs. Blackburn, aye. Mr. Bloom. Wait, did Marsha Blackburn just say yes? <laughs> oh, do you see who they are now? When someone tells you who they are, believe them. Blumenthal. Mr. Blumenthal, aye. Mr. Blunt. Mr. Blunt, aye. Mr. Booker, Mr. Booker, aye. Mr. Bozeman, Mr. Bozeman, aye. Mr. Braun, Mr. Braun, aye. Mr. Brown, Mr. Brown, aye. Mr. Burr, Mr. Burr, aye. Ms. Cantwell, Ms. Cantwell, aye. Mrs. Capito, Mrs. Capito, aye. Mr. Cardin, Mr. Cardin, aye. Mr. Carper. Mr. Carper, aye. Mr. Casey, Mr. Casey, aye. Mr. Cassidy. Let's see what Kramer says. Ms. Collins, Ms. Collins, aye. Mr. Coons, Mr. Coons, aye. Mr. Cornyn, Mr. Cornyn, aye. Ms. Cortez Masto, Ms. Cortez Masto, aye. Mr. Cotton. Mr. Cotton, aye. Mr. Kramer, Mr. Kramer, aye. Mr. Crapo, Mr. Crapo, aye. Mr. Cruz, Mr. Cruz, no. Mr. Danes, Mr. Danes, aye. Ms. Duckworth, Ms. Duckworth, aye. Mr. Durbin, Mr. Durbin, aye. Ms. Ernst, Ms. Hassan, aye. Mr. Hawley, Mr. Hawley, no. Mr. Heinrich. Are you guys listening to this? Only Cruz, right? Only Cruz. And now Holly said no. All the other nice Republicans said yes. Are you paying attention? Mr. Heinrich, aye. Mr. Hickenlooper. Mr. Hickenlooper, aye. Ms. Hirono. Ms. Hirono, aye. Mr. Hoven. 
Mr. Hoven, aye. Mrs. Hyde-Smith. For all of you out there in North Dakota, you have two senators that are Republican. Both of them said yes. Mrs. Hyde-Smith, aye. Mr. Inhofe. Mr. Inhofe, aye. Mr. Johnson. Mr. Johnson, no. Mr. Kane. Mr. Kane, aye. Mr. Kelly. Mr. Kelly, aye. Mr. Kennedy. Mr. Kennedy, aye. Mr. King. Mr. King, aye. Ms. Klobuchar. Ms. Klobuchar, aye. Mr. Lankford. Mr. Lankford, aye. Mr. Leahy. Mr. Leahy, aye. Mr. Lee. Mr. Lee, no. Mr. Lujan. Mr. Lujan, aye. Ms. Lummis. Ms. Lummis, aye. Mr. Manchin. Mr. Manchin, aye. Mr. Markey. Mr. Markey, aye. Mr. Marshall. Mr. Marshall, no. Mr. McConnell. Mr. McConnell, aye. Mr. Menendez. Mr. Menendez, aye. Mr. Merkley. Mr. Merkley, aye. Mr. Moran. Mr. Moran, aye. Ms. Murkowski. Ms. Murkowski, aye. Mr. Murphy. Mr. Murphy, aye. Mrs. Murray. Mrs. Murray, aye. Mr. Ossoff. Mr. Ossoff, aye. Mr. Padilla. Mr. Padilla, aye. Mr. Paul. Mr. Paul, no. Mr. Peters. Mr. Peters, aye. Mr. Romney. Mr. Sanders, aye. Mr. Sass. Mr. Sass, aye. Mr. Schatz. Mr. Schatz, aye. Mr. Schumer. Mr. Schumer, aye. Mr. Scott of Florida. Mr. Scott of Florida, no. Mr. Scott of South Carolina. Mr. Scott of South Carolina, no. Mrs. Shaheen. Mrs. Shaheen, aye. Mr. Shelby. Mr. Shelby, aye. Ms. Cinema. Ms. Cinema, aye. Ms. Smith. Ms. Smith, aye. Ms. Stabenow. Ms. Stabenow, aye. Mr. Sullivan. Mr. Sullivan, aye. Mr. Tester. Mr. Tester, aye. Mr. Thune. Mr. Thune, aye. Mr. Tillis. Mr. Tillis, aye. Mr. Toomey. Mr. Toomey, aye. Mr. Tuberville. Mr. Tuberville, no. Mr. Van Hollen. Mr. Van Hollen, aye. Mr. Warner. Mr. Warner, aye. Mr. Warnock. Mr. Warnock, Aye. Ms. Warren. Ms. Warren. Aye. Mr. Whitehouse. Mr. Whitehouse. Aye. Mr. Wicker. Mr. Wicker. Aye. Mr. Wyden. Mr. Wyden. Aye. Mr. Young. Mr. Young. Aye. Mr. Cassidy. Mr. Cassidy. Aye. So 10 people said no. That's Cruz, Howley, Johnson, Lee, Marshall, Paul Rubio, Scott, Rick Scott, Scott from South Carolina and Tuberville. Ten people stood Mr. Haggerty, Mr. Haggerty, no. So Cruz, Josh Howley, Johnson, Lee, Marshall, Rand Paul, Rubio, Rick Scott, Scott from South Carolina and Tuberville said no. Keep, it, keep in mind, Rubio only said no because he's going to be taken out in Florida in a heartbeat. And Cruz said no because he's looking for 2024. Let's be fair, right? How horrible is this? Tell me, 
How do this you feel? Vote, the A's are 89. The nays are 11. The resolution is agreed to. And pursuant Who to is the, the provisions of Senate Resolution Who did we miss? There should now be four hours of argument by the parties equally divided on the question of whether Donald John Trump is subject to the jurisdiction of a court of impeachment for acts committed while president of the United States, notwithstanding it is the expiration important. of his term in that office. Mr. Manager Raskin, are you a proponent or, a po or opponent of this question? Mr. Castor, are you a proponent or opponent of this Question. Mr. Manager Raskin, your party may proceed first. We'll be able to reserve rebuttal time if you wish. Mr. Raskin, you're recognized. Thank you very much, Mr. President, distinguished members of the Senate. Good afternoon. Before he talks and we pass the pleasantries, do you guys remember when I did a whole show on Jamie Raskin? Showcasing you, Raskin? Do you guys remember that? Because you know, I don't see anything happening that you say. <laughs> you haven't been paying attention. Kind of like I talked about Kagan, and there she is in the circle. Kagan, Kagan. Do you remember that big, long show on Raskin and what he was doing? Because Raskin is going to play a very important part when Biden comes into the speak. So we did a whole show on him. Remember that. <laughs> and look at this. My name is Jamie Raskin. It's my honor to represent a lot of people who from hearing the facts of this case. They want to call the trial over before any evidence is even introduced. Their argument is that if you commit an impeachable offense in your last few weeks in office, you do it with constitutional impunity. You get away with it. In other words, conduct that would be a high crime and misdemeanor in your first year as president, in your second year as president, in your third year as president, and for the vast majority of your fourth year as president, you can suddenly do in your last few weeks in office without facing any accountability at all. This would create a brand new January exception to the Constitution of the United States of America, a January exception. And everyone can see immediately why this is so dangerous. It's an invitation to the president to take his best shot at anything he may want to do on his way out the door, including using violent means to lock that door, to hang on to the Oval Office at all costs, and to block the peaceful transfer of power. In other words, the January exception is an invitation to our founders' worst nightmare. And if we buy this radical argument that President Trump's lawyers advance, we risk allowing January 6th to become our future. And what will that mean for America? Think about it. What will the January exception mean to future generations if you grant it? I'll show you. We will stop the steal. Today, I will lay out just some of the evidence proving that we won this election and we won it by a landslide. This was not a close election. And after this, we're going to walk down and I'll be there with you. We're going to walk down 
We're going to walk down to the Capitol. Yeah! Yeah! Take the Capitol! Take the Constitution says you have to protect our country and you have to protect our Constitution and you can't vote on fraud and fraud breaks up everything doesn't it when you catch somebody in a fraud you're allowed to go by very different rules so I hope Mike has the courage to do what he has to do we fight we fight like hell and if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. So we're going to walk down Pennsylvania Avenue. I love Pennsylvania. And we're going to the Capitol. And we're going to try and give our Republicans the weak ones, because the strong ones don't need any of our help. We're going to try and give them the kind of pride and boldness that they need to take back our country. Jordy Lee, we're debating a step that has never been taken in American history. President Trump claims the election was stolen. Assertions range from specific local allegations, constitutional arguments, to sweeping conspiracy theories. But my colleagues, nothing before us proves illegality anywhere near the massive scale, the massive scale that would have tipped the entire election.
My challenge today is not about the good people of Arizona. And it will stand in recess until the call of the chair. We'll pause. Protesters are in the building. Thank you. Madam, Mr. Speaker, can I have order in the chamber? The house will be in order. The house will be in order. Okay. Thank <laughs> you. 
never been a time like this where such a thing happened where they could take it away from all of us from me from you from our country this was a fraudulent election but we can't play into the hands of these people we have to have peace so go home we love you you're very special you've seen what happens you see the way others are treated that are so bad and so evil I know how you feel, but go home and go home in peace. Senators, the president was impeached by the U.S. House of Representatives on January 13th for doing that. You ask what a high crime and misdemeanor is under our Constitution? That's a high crime and misdemeanor. If that's not an impeachable offense, then there is no such thing. And if the president's arguments for a January exception are upheld, then even if everyone agrees that he's culpable for these events, even if the evidence proves as we think it definitively does, that the president incited a violent insurrection on the day Congress met to finalize the presidential election, he would have you believe there is absolutely nothing the Senate can do about it. No trial, no facts. He wants you to decide that the Senate is powerless at that point. That can't be right. The transition of power is always the most dangerous moment for democracies. Every historian will tell you that. We just saw it in the most astonishing way. We lived through it. And you know what? The framers of our Constitution knew it. That's why they created a Constitution with an oath written into it that binds the president from his very first day in office until his very last day 
in office, and every day in between. Under that Constitution and under that oath, the, the President of the United States is forbidden to commit high crimes and misdemeanors against the people at any point that he's in office. Indeed, that's one specific reason the impeachment, conviction, and disqualification powers exist to protect us against presidents who try to overrun the power of the people in their elections and replace the rule of law with the rule of mobs. These powers must apply even if the president commits his offenses in his final weeks in office. In fact, that's precisely when we need them the most, because that's when elections get attacked. Everything that we know about the language of the Constitution, the framers' original understanding and intent, prior Senate practice, and common sense confirms this rule. Let's start with the text of the Constitution, which in Article 1, Section 2 gives the House the sole power of impeachment when the president commits high crimes and misdemeanors. We exercised that power on January 13th. The president, it is undisputed, committed his offense while he was president. And it is undisputed that we impeached him while he was president. There can be no doubt that this is a valid and legitimate impeachment. And there can be no doubt that the Senate has the power to try this impeachment. We know this because Article 1, Section 3 gives the Senate the sole power to try all impeachments. The Senate has the power, the sole power, to try all impeachments. All means all, and there are no exceptions to the rule. Because the Senate has jurisdiction to try all impeachments, it most certainly has jurisdiction to try this one. It's really that simple. The vast majority of constitutional scholars who studied the question and weighed in on the proposition being advanced by the president, this January exception, heretofore unknown, agree with us. And that includes the nation's most prominent conservative legal scholars, including former 10th Circuit Judge Michael McConnell, co-founder of the Federalist Society, Stephen Calabresi, Ronald Reagan Solicitor General Charles Freed, luminary Washington lawyer Charles Cooper, among hundreds of other constitutional lawyers and professors. I commend the, the people I named their, their recent writings to you in the newspapers over the last several days. And all of the key precedents, along with detailed explanation of the constitutional history and textual analysis, appear in the trial brief we filed last week and the reply brief that we filed very early this morning. I'll spare you a replay, but I want to highlight a few key points from constitutional history that strike me as compelling in foreclosing President Trump's argument. That okay, so while he speaks, I wanted to just tell you guys, so that was a great movie that they played. It was pretty interesting how they put the pieces together. They even used, um, you know, Jaden X's stuff. I wanted to show you guys something. Totally cray-cray. Something happened while we were watching this. This number harassed me just now. Hold on. Where's the number? Hmm. Failed to edit. Okay. Let me put it on there. There you go. This number just called me and harassed me. 
So what I'm going to do is I'm going to look that number up and show you guys what that number is in a second because he's still talking. So I'm going to do the search so you guys can see um, how they work, just so that you can see how these corrupt clowns work. So let's go to new tab. So I'm in new tab and I'm searching the web. Plugged in the number. Can you guys see where that goes to? Surefire Intelligence just called me and sent a harassing message. Guess who works there? You want to take a wild guess? Hold on, let me show you. I didn't, I wasn't sharing. So I go there, I paste the phone number and I press enter. Boom. Pretty interesting, isn't it? Isn't that interesting? Sounds like they're threatening me. Guess what? I eat you guys for lunch, man. Because I already have the receipts. Scammy Davis, Alex Jones, you coming? You guys want to listen to what they said? Hold on. I want to play what they said. Give me a second. Hold on. Hello? Hello? Hey, why aren't you saying anything? Else. Why are you calling me? Who is this? This is John, your neighbor. I've got a bone to pick with you. You hear me? You're, you're not my neighbor, John. Your stupid dog was barking all night last night. You think that's acceptable? I don't, I, I, don't, I don't have a dog, John. And if you call me again, I'm going to send something else over there and it won't be a dog, okay? I just thought that it would be interesting if we played that because they're listening. Yep, it is. Totally is. Who let the dogs out? They're the dogs. But anyway, I just thought I'd show you how they work because I never show the inner workings because I don't want people to be afraid of um, standing up for what is right. Don't ever let these people bully you. It's one thing I hate is bullies. I hate bullies. I took up a whole state. I learned from the best. I was their best. <laughs> I was that little weapon they forgot about tucked away in the corner. <laughs> I ate you guys for lunch. So there. So now he's, you know, obviously Raskin is still talking about how important it is to impeach him. Listen, guys, this is really important because once we're back in the house, and back in the Senate, and we've got all this evidence that Barack Hussein Obama has been running this shadow government. <laughs> Boy, are we going to use this. Boy, are we going to impeach a president retroactively. Right? Yes, we are. So remember, with everything bad that happens, there's always good. And this is exactly what we're going to do. We're going to use this for our benefit. We're not going to let this, you know, just happen. Zit, impeach 44. You're laying it out for us. And we're going to do it. Been saying impeach 44. This is how it comes. This is how we're going to do it. We have to let them do the groundwork, though. We need to let them make it their idea. So now we got justice coming. Justice begins. One, two, three. Whoop, what happened? See, that's the way it goes. That is the way it goes. Mm. These people are sick. So we saw the top 10 players today, right? I don't know why they said 11. Who was 11? I saw top 10. Top 10 of the Republican Party, but they said 11. I didn't see the 11th one. Saw Cruz, Halley, Johnson, Lee, Marshall, Paul, Rubio, Scott, Scott, and Tuberville. Who did I miss? Haggerty? I miss Haggerty. Okay. I guess I'm to this party now. Mr. President, distinguished senators, my name is Joe Goose, and I represent Colorado's 2nd Congressional District in the United States Congress. Like many of you, I'm an attorney. I practiced law before I came to Congress. 
tried a lot of different cases, some more unique than others. Certainly never a case as important as this one, nor a case with Damn, he went to the same school Barack Hussein Obama did. The nodding, the talking. Damn. Thankfully, as lead manager Raskin so thoroughly explained, the framers have answered that question for you. He talks just like Hussein. And you don't need to be a constitutional scholar to know that the argument President Trump asks you to adopt is not just wrong, it's dangerous. And you don't have to take my word for it. This body, the world's greatest deliberative body, the United States Senate, has reached that same conclusion in one form or another over the past 200 years, in multiple occasions that we'll go through. Over 150 constitutional scholars, experts, judges, conservative, liberal, you name it, they overwhelmingly have reached the same conclusion. That, of course, you can try, convict, and disqualify a former president. And that makes sense because the text of the Constitution makes clear there is no January exception to the impeachment power. That presidents can't commit grave offenses in their final days and escape any congressional response. That's not how our Constitution works. Who is he waving his finger at? Let's start at? with the precedent, with what has happened in this very chamber. I'd like to focus on just two cases. I'll go through them. Okay, I'd like to quickly. focus on, One let's listen to some music while we mute him, because I can't listen to him. Um, so let's listen to some music while we mute him. I like this song. Can you hear me? Can you hear me running? Can you hear me running? Can you hear me calling you? Can you hear me? Can you hear me running? Can you hear me running? Can you hear me calling you? Like, guys, seriously, the people... You know what? Rule of thumb from now on. Do not vote for anyone to represent you in Congress and the Senate if they're a lawyer. They're trained to lie. Why are you putting them up there to represent you if they're trained to lie? I mean, this should be a lesson to every single American right now. that You should not be electing people that are trained to lie. No more liars. No more lawyers. We need statesmen. Trained liars, 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 liars. That's what we have. That's all we have there is people that lie, lie, and then lie some more so that they can get their way, whatever that way is. Gosh, this is so looking, looking at their smuggling, like this guy's enjoying this. His mom, from the shape of his nose. Okay, so a lot of Arabs have this. I just wanted to tell you structurally because they inbreed a lot. So the people of Qatar and Saudi Arabia, they have like this, this, you know, the long chin and the long nose. But, the, you know, that looks like alcoholic fetal syndrome, if you ask me. I don't know. 
just saying. Seems like all of them are just nuts and are defective in some way where you can see it with your eyes so that you know it. But, you know, we see only what we can see. We see only what we can see. Whatever our eyes are able to see. Watching this, watching the pleasure that they're getting out of this is driving me insane. I don't know. What's the consensus? Do we continue? Do I pause it? And we get into our little, um, you know, the hour's almost up anyway. I really wanted to talk about molecular bio and give you some insight, but I only have a few more minutes left. So I guess I'll wait out to hear the opening statement of uh, President Trump's attorneys because that's something everyone's going to be looking for forward to. So let's listen to the end, the end of his rant. Champion of the view that the Constitution authorizes the impeachment of former officials. And that is Professor Jonathan Turley. Let me show you what I mean. These are his words. First, in a very detailed study, thorough study, he explained that, quote, the resignation from office does not prevent trial on articles of impeachment. That's Professor Turley's words. Same piece. He celebrated the Belknap trial. He described it as a corrective measure that helped the system regain legitimacy. He wrote another article. He's written several on this topic. This one is actually it's a 146-page study, very detailed. And in that study, he said, quote, that the decision in Belknap was correct in its view that impeachment historically had extended to former officials, such as Warren Hastings, who you heard lead manager Raskin describe. In fact, as you can see, Professor Turley argued that the House could have impeached and the Senate could have tried Richard Nixon after he resigned. His quote on this, very telling, quote, future presidents could not assume that mere resignation would avoid a trial of their conduct in the United States Senate. Finally, last quote from Professor Turley, that no man in no circumstance can escape the account which he owes to the laws of his country. Not my words, not lead manager Raskin's words. Oh my gosh. I want to hold all of these clowns accountable. Do not escape the laws of this country. Why are you getting away with murder? Raping children. Who's getting away with it? Where are all these people that are doing all these things? They're out on the street. You've robbed us. You've stolen money from us and giving it away in the way of aid to other nations. And yet you sit there. And you posture righteousness. Damn, that takes balls. Professor Jonathan Turley's words. I agree with him because he's exactly right. Now, a question one might reasonably ask after going through all those quotes from, from such noted jurists and scholars is why is there such agreement on this topic? Well, the reason is pretty simple because it's what the Constitution says. I want to walk you through three provisions of the Constitution that make clear that the Senate must try this case. First, let's start with what the Constitution says about Congress's power in Article I. You heard lead manager Raskin make this point, but it's worth underscoring. Article I, Section 2, gives the House the sole power of impeachment. Article I, Section 3, gives the Senate the sole power to try all impeachments. Now, based on President Trump's argument, one would think that language includes caveats, exceptions, but it doesn't. It doesn't say impeachment of current civil officers. It doesn't say impeachment of those still in office. The framers didn't mince words. They provided express, absolute, unqualified grants of jurisdictional power to the House to impeach 
and to the Senate to try all impeachments. Not some, all. Former Judge McConnell, judge that we talked about earlier, he provides very effective textual analysis of this provision. You can see it up here on the slide. I'll, and I'll just give you the highlight. He says, and I'll quote, this is Judge McConnell. Given that the impeachment of Mr. Trump was legitimate, the text makes clear that the Senate has power to try that impeachment. Now, again, here is what is pretty interesting, me at least. When we presented this argument in our trial brief, which we filed over a week ago, but we laid it out again, step by step so that you could consider it and so that opposing counsel could consider it as well. We received President Trump's response yesterday, and the trial brief offers no rebuttal to this point, none. And in fairness, I can't think of any convincing response. I mean, the, the Constitution is just exceptionally clear on this point. Now, perhaps they will have something to say today about it, but they did not yesterday. There's another provision worth mentioning here because there's been a lot of confusion about it, and I, I'm going to try to clear this up. It's the provision on removal and disqualification. Now, we all know the Senate imposes a judgment only when it convicts. Up on the screen, you'll see Article 1, Section 3, Clause 7. So with that in mind, the language says that the Senate convicts the judgment shall not extend further than removal and disqualification. That's it. The meaning is clear. The Senate has the power to impose removal, which only applies to current officials, and separately, it has the power to impose disqualification which obviously applies to both current and former officers, but it doesn't have the power to go any further than that. Now, as I understand President Trump's argument, they believe that this language somehow says that disqualification can only follow removal of a current officer, but it doesn't. That interpretation essentially rewrites the Constitution. It, it adds words that aren't there. I mean, after all, the Constitution does not say removal from office and then disqualification. It doesn't say removal from office followed by disqualification. It simply says the Senate can't do more than two possible sentences, removal and disqualification. And this, by the way, is not the first time that this direct question has been debated in this chamber. 146 years ago, during the Belknap trial, Senator George Edmonds of Vermont, he's one of the most prestigious Republican senators of his time. He, he sat right where Senator Grassley sits today. He zeroed in on this exact point during the Belknap trial. This is his quote, a prohibition against doing more than two things cannot be turned into a command to do both or neither. And just imagine the consequences of such an absurd interpretation of the Constitution. I mean, if, if, if President Trump were right about that language, then officials could commit the most extraordinary, destructive offenses against the American people, high crimes and misdemeanors. They'd have total control over whether they can ever be impeached, and if they are, whether the Senate can try the case. If they want to escape any public inquiry into their misconduct or the risk of disqualification from future office, and it's pretty simple. They just could just resign one minute before the House impeaches, or even one minute before the Senate trial, or they could resign during the Senate trial if it's not looking so well. That would effectively erase disqualification from the Constitution. It would put wrongdoers in charge of whether the Senate can try them. Third and final reason why President Trump must stand trial. Provision of Article I of the Constitution. You'll see here on the screen that the Constitution twice describes the accused in an impeachment trial. Here's what I want you to focus on. 
the interesting thing is, notice the words. It refers to a person and a party being impeached. Now, again, we know that the Fravers gave a lot of thought to the words that they chose. They even had a style committee during the Constitutional Convention. They could have written civil officers here. I mean, did that elsewhere in the Constitution. That would have ultimately limited impeachment trials to current officials. But instead, they used broader language to describe who could be tried by the United States Senate. So who could be on put on trial, rather, for impeachment other than civil officers? Who else could a person or a party be? Well, really, there's only one possible answer, former officers. And again, that, that actually might explain why, during the Belknap trial, Senator Thomas Bayard of Delaware, he later became Secretary of State of the United States. He, he sat right where Senator Carper is sitting now. He found this point so compelling that he felt compelled to speak out on it. And during the trial, he concluded that the Constitution must allow the impeachment and trial of people and parties who are not civil officers. And the only group that could possibly encompass was former officials like Belknap. And of course, here, like President Trump. And just so we're clear, in full disclosure, this is another argument that was not addressed by President Trump in his rebuttal. The Constitution must we allow the impeachment because their argument doesn't square with the plain text of the Constitution. There is one provision that President Trump relies on almost exclusively, Article 2, Section 4. I'm sure you'll see it when they present their arguments. Their argument is that the language you'll see in the screen somehow prevents you from holding this trial by making removal from office an absolute requirement. But again, where does the language say that? Where does it say anything in that provision about your jurisdiction? In fact, this provision isn't even in the part of the Constitution that addresses your authority. It's in Article 2, not Article 1. And it certainly says nothing about former officials. President Trump's interpretation doesn't square with history, originalism, textualism. In fact, even Chuck Cooper, the famous conservative lawyer I mentioned earlier with clients like the House Minority Leader, he has concluded that this provision of the Constitution that President Trump relies on cuts against his position, his words. And that's because, as Cooper says, Article 2, Section 4 means just what it says. I mean, the first half describes what an official must do to be impeached, namely commit high crimes and misdemeanors. And the second half describes what happens when civil officers of the United States, including the sitting president, are convicted. Removal from office. That's it. In Cooper's words, it simply establishes what is known in criminal law as a mandatory minimum punishment. It says nothing about former officials. Nothing at all. All right. Is he gaps in the background? I just want to think. Do you think that anybody in that Senate right now is listening to him? I mean, we can't even focus on the garbage he's pushing so that we can be upset, right? We can't even focus because his face is distracting, his mannerisms are Hussein-like. He sits there and he's preaching as if he's teaching people something and no one's paying attention. Like, I can't, I can't pay attention. I can't. And I'm, and I'm loving looking at casework. I love history. It's like... So if I, who have an interest in seeing what his argument is, right, um, and I'm interested in hearing what he has to say so that I can rebut that and I can't follow, I highly doubt.
that anyone in there right now isn't taking a power nap. All those clowns that voted yes, right, yes, are taking power naps. Because all of them are nice lawyers, right? They know it's time for a power nap now. No one's listening to this idiot. I urge you guys to look at Joe the Goose. Stupid goose. When we brought up to impeach Obama for unleashing an investigation in a witch hunt against a duly elected president, no one did anything. I didn't see any yeses go through anywhere when we had the House and the Senate. They did nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Yet, for some reason, the GOP is asking us for money. They're throwing people like, Kansas Owens is running. We're going to go for that. Look at me. Look at my shiny sword. No, we don't need influencers. We don't need lawyers. We don't need uh, big pockets. We don't need people funded by the Mercers and the Fun Jewels. We don't, people, we don't need people funded by Google and Twitter and Facebook. They're all dead to us. We need actual people. We're done with this. Can you see it? Because in the moment of darkness, in your most darkest, darkest moments, you have to see the light. And that light is, damn, I'm not doing that again. Damn, I'm not doing that again. Seriously, I'm so tired. This is so amplified and not realistic. Dead serious. Like, this is so edited. It's disgusting. This is all a movie. And they're claiming he incited violence. Damn, I warned of Ali Akbar. Damn, I warned of the damn stupid groipers. And, oh, and yet your press knew better. I'm not going to report that. That could be a big problem for me to have a job. You know, have family to think about. Your family ain't going to be shit because they're going to eat you first. You're the one that stayed and submitted. You're just feeding the crocodile, hoping it'll eat you last. Tell you what, people are going to toss you in that mouth first. For all of you sitting there, Fox, OAN, Newsmax, blue check marks, you're going to be thrown in first. Crocodile going to eat you first. It's disgusting. Look at him. He he's trying to believe what he's saying. He's probably practiced this over and over again. He's probably thinking... Guarantee you his conversation was something like this. Before he went out, I look good, right? My sure looks good. I'm going to do great. I'm going to slay. I'm going to get everyone to see what I mean. We're going to impeach this guy because I know what I'm talking about. And I'm going to convince them. And I'm going to look just like Barack Hussein Obama. I got this. I got this. Guarantee you he probably asked a cute staffer, you know, to prep him up and stuff. He looks like he used the pick right before he came out. Fluff his hair, too. What a clown. What a clown. And he's done. Hallelujah. Next. Next. Mr. President, distinguished senators, my name is David Cicilline. I have the honor of representing the 1st Congressional District of Rhode Island. Oh, geez, not As this I hope one. As is now clear from the arguments of Mr. Oh, Rask my gosh, this Nagoose, feels like a debutante ball. Impeachment is Seriously. not merely about removing someone from office. Rhode Island, you're like 10 people. 10 people live in Rhode Island. This is what you came up with. You guys know everybody. This is what you came up with. This is what you put forward. This is your best foot forward. Rhode Island. The smallest damn state ever. There's 10 people in your state. And this is what you give us to represent you? Are we serious? Come on. Like New York, I get it, gets clowns. I get it. Ohio gets clowns, right? I get it. All these other states get clowns. But come on, Rhode Island. You throw a rock and that's the end of your street and your state. And this is what you give us? This guy? Oh, my God. I'm sorry. We got to find the humor in this stuff, don't we? We have this, this guy, Rhode Island. Um, come on. Oh, gosh. They want to hear themselves. Okay. 
do we all agree that we're just going to do like a half hour of just a little bit? Um, you know what? How's this? I'll play a little clip of my most exciting moment as a prelude for tomorrow. Okay. And then, um, you know, I'll, I'll have to let you go because we also need to do our Twitch raid and we're 13 minutes late because we're going to be listening to these people all day talking to themselves and talking about how great they are and how amazing they are. Like, ugh. so <laughs> I just can't, I can't. I mean, come on, Rhode Island. Damn it. Seriously, though. Come on. You could do so much better than that. All right. Before we go on our raid, I want you guys, I, I've talked about this before, how I was fortunate enough to be able to go to this lab and see life created, recreated, I would say. It was a bacterium, mycobacterium genitalium. Mycobacterium it means that there's no cell wall. It's like boogers. Myco means booger, literally in Greek. Mucosal, right? Which means booger. I, that's the layman term, okay? It's mucus, but boogers, right? That's, that's you know, that's what it is. <laughs> so it literally looks like a booger under the, uh, under the microscope. And um, one of the simplest genes, bacteria, circular and simple. What Craig Vendor did, as I told you, was edited genes out. He edited genes out that were responsible for causing virality. So this bacterium is responsible for your uterine. Yeah, not uterine. Oh my gosh. Urinary infections. I, I'm still looking at Cicilline. I can't. He needs to come off my screen. There we go. So your urinary infections are caused by this. And I remember thinking to myself, oh boy, he wants to throw in all of these things in some car gas tank. You know, can you get a UTI from driving the car? Ha ha, you know, stupid nerd joke. But what he did was he removed the genes that caused them to be virulent, to cause infection, to infect, to repopulate. And um, here's a two-minute clip that introduces you as to how he got to that idea. ...announced today they have made a major breakthrough in the quest to create life in a laboratory. For the first time, they have produced a living cell in which the active DNA was put together by computers. What does this mean for science? And does it mean there is now synthetic life? Dr. Richard Besser is here, Rich. That's right, Diane. Today's announcement marks a major turning point. Researchers have now created life from non-living parts. They call it a synthetic cell. World-renowned geneticist Craig Venter has been trying to unlock the mystery of life for 15 years. What have you achieved? Well, we announced today uh, the first synthetic cell. Instead of having a genetic relative that it evolved from, uh, uh, the parent of this cell is a computer. What Venter has done is astonishing. With just four bottles of chemicals off the shelf in his lab, his team replicated more than a million bits of genetic code to create a living organism. Here's how it worked. They isolated bacterial cells and removed all of their genetic material, the DNA from inside. Then they took those four bottles of chemicals and used them to create new genetic material. They transplanted it into the empty cell. That material, that new cell booted up and began to reproduce and reproduce a billion times. I think this is the creation of life. And I think it's an experiment that shows that life is not a mystery. That it's not some mysterious force that infuses things that makes them come alive. If you put the right genetic message in the right order, put it into the right environment, it will come alive. 
But along with promise comes precaution. Like any great scientific innovation, this has enormous promise and enormous peril. Um, this may allow us to make more virulent viruses. This could unleash a bacterium on the world that has properties we didn't expect that could cause great disease or ecological damage. Scientists will surely debate whether this is truly creating new life, but no one can deny the potential impact of this achievement. Venture says that within a year, this technology will be producing vaccines, and in the future, bacteria may be used as powerhouses to generate energy and clean up oil spills. I'm not so sure with what the one person said that life is not a mystery, by the way, but what's the one word you've been hearing from scientists all day? Historic. It is historic. Because they didn't recreate it from zero. Don't get me wrong. They took what was there, they edited it, and then they put it back in, okay? That's basically what they did. So I want you to understand how that process works. Kind of like they're putting in your vaccines now with CRISPR. We'll do that tomorrow, I promise. Because I want you guys to understand, and I want to tell you about me more. Me, 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 me. No. <laughs> you need to understand that you're programmed. You know how they say re-education camps. You've been programmed. Your reality has been hacked. I have psychologically operated on you, right? Those are terms they use. How can they psyop you if you're not programmable? So CRISPR is being used in a lot of Medicaid. Well, we'll get into that tomorrow. So on that note, I just want you to remember that in times of turmoil, in your darkest times, always look for the light. Look at what provides you light. Yes? Light. God bless everyone. And I will see you mañana, same time, same place. For those of you on Twitch, we're going to be reading now. I'm going to fight them all. Seven Nation Army couldn't hold me back. They're going to rip it off. Taking their time right behind my back And I'm talking to myself at night Because I 